And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. That is hammered. Oh, my. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far out of have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. You got it! You're listening to The Roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 44 of The Roundtable. I'm Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy McCullough and Mark Craig. Mark, you're back. Uh, we missed you. Levi was on last week. Uh, he sucked. He was terrible. <laughs> um, so you got to clean up his mess. No, I'm kidding. How you doing? Uh, let's start with Mark. Mark, I love your uh, jersey here. Thanks. The Norfolk Tides wore this on Saturday night and scored 21 runs against Gwinnett. Now, I don't want to break this to you, but this is an audio medium. And so even though we do have a YouTube show... No one can see your jersey on a podcast. It's it's like, you know, iPods? Like, they put them on the iPods, and so it's like streaming into their ears. So maybe describe the jersey. I'll describe this. This is a Norfolk Lumpia's jersey for Filipino American <laughs> uh, Heritage Night or something like I don't know the exact name for it, but there's a lot of Filipinos down that way because the Navy is down that way. And if you've ever been around the Navy, you know, it's a bunch of dudes that look like me. Um, so anyway, Trent Rosecrans, who is, you know, the most Filipino, non-Filipino person that I know, um, sent me the link and said, oh my God, dude. And so he went and bought a hat. I went and bought a shirt or a jersey. My wife saw what I was doing, said, get me a shirt. So I got her a shirt. Um, and so here we are. And like, so yeah, the the Norfolk Tides playing as Olympia scored 21 runs, uh, in their game. They were also two and a half hours late for first pitch, but that's okay. That's all right. I don't know if there's a better way to honor our heritage than to be late. That's just how it is. You know, Grant getting all uncomfortable and red. It's okay, dude. We're all friends. It's okay. Super, super uncomfortable. See, yeah, but super I got right. I I have Fil- uh, Filipino bona fides. I lived in Daly City for a year. Um, oh man! So like you know, I that grants I... you citizenship. <laughs> Andy, I don't know if you've ever been to Daly City, but imagine Manila. No, but hillier. And colder. Hillier Manila. Yeah, Hillier, yeah. colder Manila, and that's a daily city. Yeah. 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 It is freezing. Mark, do you um do you think you would have been drummed out of the Navy as quickly as my dad drummed me out of the construction business? <laughs> <laughs> Probably faster. Probably faster. All right. What's your sh- what's your worst flaw as a, a, a construction guy, Andy? What how what is your shittiest uh, uh, contribution to the construction arts? I mean, just abject laziness. 
like just not following the assignment, just like 90 minutes into the workday asking if it was lunchtime. Now, to be clear, I was like 13. So, you know, I was really only responsible for just like picking crap up, basically. And even that, I was like, yeah, my back hurts. My dad's like, you're 13. You're not allowed to have, you know, your back hurt, I guess. Did you bring this information to a vocational counselor at your high school? And they're like, well, you should be a baseball writer. Uh, no. Laziness. Like, that was like the... Number one box they checked off. No, my uh, my my high school guidance counselor uh, encouraged me to. Uh, I wanted to go to Georgetown, and she uh, encouraged me to apply for the Walsh School of Foreign Service, which is like more exclusive than like every Ivy combined. They let in like six kids a year, and they're all like the sons of diplomats. Um, so you know, I I became a sports writer. <laughs> Did you actually go there? No, you just applied there or to Georgetown? Yeah. Do you think I would ever speak to a person like you, Grant, if I didn't, like, hadn't become a baseball writer and had gone to an August institution like that? I don't know. Well, I, I figure if you had gotten into that school, you would have been there with a bunch of dorks that, like, carried briefcases to junior high, and you would have you would have bounced. I'd be incredibly rich and committing evil across the globe. Hmm, that does sound good. Well, he, he could right. have also gone there and like gotten the degree then still ended up doing this like an idiot and then starting every podcast with things like well ahoy polloi <laughs> <laughs> that's just how i start every phone conversation that mark and i have. <laughs> uh, all right we got baseball to talk about turns out that they have like games every day Every it's day, man. Wild. It's wild. Do you ever do you think that football writers are weenies? Because I do. Like one game a week, and then we get to talk about it and then preview the next game. Bunch of weenies, but no, we're talking baseball. Let's start with the Rays. I guess the Rays are the talk of baseball. The Rays, man. They are uh ten and zero as of this recording. They will never lose again, as the Chiron says. Uh and let me get there because we're nerds, they're run differential. They have scored seventy-six runs. They have allowed 18. That seems okay. I, that seems like it'll play. I was reading something on uh, the Associated Press. Just had a little game recap from the Rays winning 11-0 over the A's. I was reading this on Sunday. And it said that uh, Jeffrey Springs had thrown seven scoreless innings. And I was like, no, that's not true. It was Drew Rasmussen. Like, wow, what an embarrassing, you know. I was like, that's so weird. I hope they correct that. And then I realized, no, no, that was the day before they won 11 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> over the ace. Well, listen, man, like I think Tampa Bay obviously off to a great start. I think they're underachieving a little bit. I mean, <laughs> the Pythagorean is like 9 and 1. Like nine that's the 9 and 1. It's <laughs> a great point. <laughs> or getting lucky rather, not underachieving. They're just getting a little bit lucky. I mean, yeah, they're you know, they're a bit over their skis. Yeah, a little over their skis at 10 and 0 by by one 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 win. I, I was just curious cuz like when you said 76 runs, what does that work out to? Like, what does your Pythagorean have to be for it to be 10-0? That's a great question because they've won the first nine games by four runs or more. Yeah, then won a, a, a classic one nothing. we're going to suffocate you Tampa Bay Rays ball game last night. I can calculate this real quick if you just uh, enter the run scored. And the here, here comes the abacus. And, uh, nope, I'm an English major. Sorry. <laughs> I got nothing. But it's, at some point, I would, I would guess that you round up instead of down and then you get 10-0. Because uh, it's ridiculous. And there's a lot of talk, and rightfully so. Like, listen, they opened the season with the Tigers. They played the Nationals in Washington. Then they got to go home again for the A's. They've played one 
functional team, and that's uh, the Red Sox as of this recording. They won one to nothing, so not a blowout. Maybe they're just a very, very, very good team. I don't think, like, yes, they didn't play anyone really in the first nine games at the same time. What do you expect? Like, what, what do you want from them to do? They blew them out. I guess the, the question, though, is like, does this change your opinion at all about the end game for the Rays? Does it change how you feel about them as a team? For me, like, it doesn't, right? Like, I thought they were a good team. I thought they're going to make the postseason. I think they are going to struggle to hit elite pitching. Um, but they're, you know, they're really good. They're a good club. If they didn't play in the American League East, you could, you know, look at this team as like, oh, 95 wins. Like, we'll see. You know, maybe they'll get a bye. And in the American League East, it's like, oh, maybe they'll get third. Maybe they'll win the division. We'll see. So I don't know. I, I tend to be an underreactor, I guess, to things. But it's certainly like they look good. They're playing well. When I get a team like this and they're surprising, they're blowing the doors off everyone, I look to how they're doing it and I see, does this align with my preseason? Like, if this happens, like if this very plausible thing happens, this team could go bananas. And is is that sort of thing going on? And so for me, watching Wander Franco kind of go nuts, that's one of those things where, okay, if that happens, the Rays might move from pretty good team in the in the AL East to, uh, oh, this is something, something. And R- Randy Rosarena, like, I think he has another level. We see it in the postseason, in the WBC. If he hits that other level, maybe the Rays are something closer to an elite team, and that's happening. And you're getting the pitching, of course, the starting pitching is absurd, but also, like, very specifically, Zach Eflin, is he going to, like, they chose him and they gave him a huge contract for the Rays and and really put all their chips on him and said, no, 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 we think this guy's going to work. We're pretty committed to him. And that looks good, too. So everything that I, like, my kind of benchmarks for, is this going to be a Rays team that's closer to an elite team than a very good team have been hit? Doesn't mean anything. Still 10 games. But at, it, I am kind of going, ooh. Well, let's go back to two weeks ago as we were previewing the American League East. And I think one of the points that I had raised with this club was that, all right, if this was the old school and they were playing all those AL East teams 19 times, it's a little bit of a different forecast, but they're not doing that anymore. And instead of having those extra games against Toronto or New York, you're getting Oakland, you're getting Cincinnati, you're getting, you know, like just pick a rando, right? Team that the Rays are a good team. I think we all agreed upon that right away. Well, what do good teams do? They win the games they're supposed to win. Now, they do. They And look what they've done. They've taken care of business. And what I'm interested in seeing, I mean, obviously, when you look at some of these numbers, these are not sustainable. But can you envision this lineup taking advantage of some really bad pitching? Sure. Absolutely. Can you see this pitching staff just choking the life out of some like fourth place team that that they're getting extra cracks at this year. Absolutely. And I think it adds up over time. So yeah, still an uphill climb. And certainly you're not going to look at, you know, some of these numbers that we're seeing now and like think that they're all sustainable. They're obviously not. But what is sustainable to me is that I look at a team on paper that these guys can take care of business against teams that are clearly inferior. And if you do that, that's 90 wins right there. It feels like, right? You're now at a 90 win level and then it becomes, all right, how are these guys stacking up against that elite pitching? 
Maybe they still struggle against it, right? Because the lineup depth is still going to be a thing. But the thing about the Rays is that they're going to catch the ball and they're going to prevent runs. That means they're always going to be in those games. And when they're in those games, it's a coin flip. And if it breaks their way, now all of a sudden you see it you know, being a little bit better than, let's say, a 90-win projection. So, uh, you know, obviously the, the numbers that we're seeing are not going to linger on, but them beating up on, like, eh teams, I can see that lingering on. I can't get over how bad these teams are. Oh, they're brutal. <laughs> I, I was just, I, sorry, I was just looking through, like, the lineups. I mean, it's like, the one thing, right, is that they have 10 wins banked. They're just, like, in the, the bank. That's what banked means. They just have them. And they have a bit of a, a, you know, a small cushion. Now, it can go away with a bad week. But this is the sort of team that is built to, like, not have good weeks. They're going to pitch enough where, you know, they're going to be in most games. So it's it's certainly, like, redounds to their benefit. It certainly uh, is a good thing to have. I just don't know. Like, if Wander Franco and Randy Rosarena level up, all of a sudden the ceiling on this team levels up like let's see them face like a uh, a team that is like competent i just can't get over their their pitching factory and I, it's <laughs> it is as absurd as almost anything i've ever seen like they brad pitt should come out of retirement and make a darn movie about this because it's wild as far as like jeffrey springs you know the the red sox basically gave him to a division rival because he was he was uh, approaching 30 he was a nondescript pitcher he you know he just kind of floated around the majors with six and seven eras the rays were able to look at that and not just make him a functional starter but weaponize him and the ability to do that is wild to me and i, I talked to someone who worked for the rays uh, in the offseason and he was saying after the Zach Eflin deal was announced, he said, uh, yeah, we don't have to do anything with Zach Eflin. We don't have to teach him a new uh, splitter or something like that. We can just take Zach Eflin and say, here's how we think you should get hitters out, and he can throw the ball wherever he wants to, and he'll be much better. And, you know, he was already pretty good, but now he's much better. And they just have this... Uh, they can see in like seven dimensions when it comes to pitching, and that's uh, important sec. You know, the pitching factory part, like, right, we've seen it for so many years now, and it really is remarkable. Another thing they do really well is when they go out there and make a trade, make an acquisition, they're hitting. Yeah, you know, like they're like Isaac Paredes, for instance. I mean, my goodness, right? And like what's happened with Austin Meadows, obviously it's terrible. You know, hasn't been on the field. It's 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 horrible. And and you know, hope that he gets through this, right? And by the way, like talk about some like guts to just say what it is that way. Um, you know, I, and I am actually like heartened by the fact it seems like the stigma around mental health is easing little by little. You're always going to have like the outlier idiot, you know, on Twitter saying stupid shit. But like I looked through the other day just because I was curious and was like surprised and like in a good way of how little relatively that was. Like, cause imagine like even a few years ago, it'd be a bit of a different ratio. So, but anyway, you know, Paredes is just a, such a great example to me of, of, you know, they make a trade, hits 20 home runs last year, off to a good start this year. He's, he's going to be a, a crucial piece for them. And I think that almost gets overlooked with this group, right? Cause we, the, the pitching and what they're able to do with run prevention is so well documented and you see it every year. 
But man, they make a trade and and they always end up with a useful player, it seems like. Somebody who's going to help a club win some ball games. So, and Paredes is another example of that just a year ago. Yeah, I do remember when that trade was made. I, I, I thought, um, I have no idea who Isak Paredes is, but I look forward to seeing him at the All-Star game in two years. <laughs> it's, it's the Sam Miller tweet. We're just going to keep going back to it. Getting into their sort of transactional nature, which is what they've been for so long, right? They like... Uh, it's something that is both like, depending on your perspective, it's admirable or it's craven or whatever. It's some mixture, right? They just churn. They churn through the roster. They, you know, they're they're not afraid to make heartless, you know, ruthless is what Eric Neander said to me a couple of years ago. Like they're not afraid to be ruthless, right? When it comes to making these moves, they're in a really interesting spot. I think long term because you, know, I wrote wrote about this a little bit the other day. You look at that roster, right? You got Wander Franco forever. Okay, you got all these pitchers for four or five years. You have Randy Rosarena still for several years. Like the team is there. And if they want this to be the group, they can ride with this group for a while. Right. It's like it's similar to what the Braves have, except for they're not spending any money. Right. Like because they've got all these, you know, sort of pre-arb guys and, and they, they rode out some growing pains with younger players last year. You know, they have they've signed like Springs to, uh, you know, an extension. They have Eflin for a few years. They even have Glasnow for next year with an option for 25. Like they have the thing that, you know, the people from the Stu Sternberg tree talk about. They have optionality like they can do nothing and they'll be OK. And they can also be in a position to do everything. Here's something that a fast start affords them in a team that situation because they've we've talked about it before. They've tried to sign, uh, they've made good faith efforts to sign a, a bigger uh, hitter or a bigger star. It's hard for them because they play in front of you know ten thousand people or, or what have you. Um, it's not the most glamorous franchise as far as you know going into a dome and this and that. But now when you have this fast start, you're not at the deadline going, well, you know, we're kind of in the thick for this wild card. And if this pans out, if they're just lapping the field and there comes a player like Juan Soto or someone who is under contract for a while, for a couple of years, if there's going to be, I don't know if it's the Brewers trading Corbin Burns or if there's just going to be someone that they can get that can be that sort of cornerstone and that player doesn't have a choice. You know, he's got to go to the Rays because he's traded. That might be what this fast start affords them, is just the ability to be confident and go out and get someone that's around for a few years. Yeah, that would be fun. I just want to make just make clear. The official position of this podcast, right, which is my opinions, we don't know that they're going to be lapping the field. They played 10 games. The Yankees and Blue Jays are good. This is true. This is true. This is true. I just think they're closer to that reality. Uh, they have a four-game reality. They have a four-game lead. They haven't played the Yankees yet. The Yankees are very good. Yeah, and they got Toronto coming up here pretty soon too. So yeah, that'll be fun. But like, protect <laughs> it would it, it would be funny if they were like twenty three and one or something. <laughs> we just had to come on here every week and talk about the. And race. we're still just like, eh, I don't know. It's early. I don't know. But like, you know what? If anything, this is just a reminder of a couple really important things. Like, okay, Grant, you're talking about no one watches him. It's unglamorous, right? This is the classic Rays mentality. When you talk to people in that organization and you say that, they look at you like, well, yeah, and it's an awesome advantage. You're like, what? Like, in a way, it is because, like, you can try all of this different stuff there without the same scrutiny that you would face everywhere else. Now, 
look, you hear that, and like I've laughed in people's faces there. I was like, okay, whatever. But like, at least it does give you an insight into how it is that they're able to pull this off. In every bad scenario, they're looking for a way to turn it into something where they can leverage it. All right. And like, that's a perfect example right there. Okay, sure. You struggle with gate. People don't pay attention to them, yet they've managed to find a way to make that positive, which is they're trying a bunch of different things. And so they start 10 and 0. This is not like a, a projection where you, you think, well, they're going 162 and 0, despite what the Chiron just said. But it is a reminder that they keep doing different things and it keeps working. And that's the latter part, right? Like we've seen clubs like kind of be ahead of things and like they don't stay ahead of things. Okay, we're talking about the transactional nature of this team. The Oakland A's operated that way for a while too. All right. Now I know that there's outside factors. Yeah, they involved, chose I to get stop that. operating that way though. They they chose that. Yeah, I mean, anyway, like Tampa Bay keeps trying stuff, it keeps working. And I think that's fun. All right, like that, that they, and so, but I do, I'm really interested in how Andy framed that. I just can't. The Chiron says you can't spell raise without A. It's very good. Um, you know, but what Andy's talking about is interesting to me that you can do nothing, you can do everything. And, and what a fun spot to be in. We're talking about Carlos Correa, obviously in the offseason, and, and he ends up with Minnesota. And what did it take? Right. Like it took two failed physicals. It took uh, an ankle that sounds like a tuning fork for a piano. It took all this crazy stuff. And I'm kind of wondering, like, hey, what about the Rays? It would be fun to watch it sort of fall into their lap somehow. And like because they have made good faith efforts to get guys like Freddie Freeman. Like, I don't know, after toiling this way and after facing all of the challenges that they face, I think it would be kind of a, a nice thing from the baseball gods to let them freaking have them. Throw them a bone. Let one of those guys at the trade that end up falling in their lap somehow. Because I, I don't know. It, I think the way they've operated has been overall pretty admirable. And, and that's what the start sort of reminds us of, I think. I will say that I will walk back my comments that the Rays are undesirable a little bit because... I want to point out that I cover the Giants, who also have really struggled to sign a star, whether it's Bryce Harper or trading for Giancarlo Stanton, because it's hard for any team to get these players. There are only, there's a finite amount of them, and they have agency. Literally, it's in the name, free agency, and and they get to go where they want to go, and there are 30 teams, and not every team's going to get that star. You know, maybe if if it's the Padres throwing an extra year and extra 30 million at someone is what it takes. But in general, it's hard to get a star, and so we shouldn't besmirch the Rays' good name all the time. I think it's just tough to go out there and convince someone that uh, you're it. Maybe they're they'll be better at it going forward. Well, you also have to convince them. Hey, do you want to play your home games in front of half-empty crowds? Which, like, maybe that'll change as the stadium situation gets, you know, uh, uh, you know, fixed up or how whatever's gonna. I don't. It's something. There's that bridge and traffic. (laughs) It really does suck. I mean, the yeah, it's not easy to get to. Yeah, whatever. Um, But like, you know, that makes the sell tougher, especially when you know they tend to offer like market value. You know, so if you're Freddie Freeman and you're choosing between two deals that are relatively similar financially, even if you're leaving money off the table with the tax situation by going to California, do you want to play for the Los Angeles Dodgers in front of a packed crowd where they have new lights? Um, or do you want to play in the trop where they have no lights? Like it's, you know, it's tough. I love the trop, by the way. I love the trop. 
Best ballpark in baseball. There it is. The, there's the ball rider take right there. Best ballpark in baseball, the trop. I think if I, I'm just uh, your standard uh, baseball superstar, you have to phrase it like, uh, do you want to go to Florida and live with the salt of the earth people? Or do you want to play in California where like 40% of your salary goes to fund Gavin Newsom's agenda? What do you really want? What you, what's important to you once you have uh, enough money, pal? That's how I'd frame it. Oh, boy, Grant. Someone just filed his taxes and got his California return back. He was like, what? I'm teasing. We don't get political on the pod, except when we talk about uh, uh, union first uh, players. What's the catchphrase? I forgot the catchphrase. Uh, We're the only pro-labor podcast. The only pro-labor podcast. That's right. That's right. We salute our minor league brethren. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra-flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. This bleeds into the question of 
when do you start taking April statistics seriously or early season statistics seriously? When do you stop being, uh, yeah, Racer 10 and 0, that's cute. They beat a bunch of bad teams. Uh, come back in blank and see where they're at. Is it May? Is it June? Is it, for me, it's November 1st where I get to look back and say, yeah, I <laughs> see how that happened. So, like, when, when do you start trusting stuff? I do feel like sometimes as an industry, we would better serve the consumer if we didn't write anything from opening day until like May 15th. <laughs> yes. And we just sort of showed up on May 15th and we're like, all right, what's been going on? And then like, you know, did like a Roger Angel, like, you know, like one 5,000 word story about the team you cover. I mean, like, hey, here's here's the deal. And then I'll have some daily stuff coming forward because everything else I probably made too big a deal of. Talking about 5,000 words like it's Roger Angel. That's a notebook on this website. <laughs> Spoken like a true loud? editor. Yeah, that's a man who was editing some copy when he came back from vacation. <laughs> I I err so much on the side of my previous preconceptions to the point where, like, I remember in 2000 and Albert Pujols breaks camp with the Cardinals. And I'm going, come on, this guy's had, he's 21 years old. He's had, like, 100, 120 games of A-ball no way. And he's like hitting and someone in my fantasy league's like, oh, I got to get this guy. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's going to trust me, fellas. Like, I've never heard of this guy. He's going to fall back and then he doesn't. So I always err on that side where I'm missing the boat. And then I look and go like, whoa, that team's pretty good. And so I think it's always, I'm always late on the boat. And I think there's a happy medium where it's not April, but I don't think it's like July. Like my, you know, ass is sinking. I think it's sooner than it used to be. Because, yeah, right, the point. statistics that are, are sort of that stat cast, oh, ilk, they normalize a little bit sooner. So I think it's easy, not easier, but like you have at least something with some backing to help you spot the ones where it's like, hmm, there might be something real like, about that. Like Matt Chapman. I think of Matt Chapman, right? Like, like you look, he was player of the month or player of the week and all this stuff. You know, you see he's hitting like 400 or whatever it is. It's crazy. But then you also look and see that he's leading the league or, or really close to it in exit velocity right now. You know, again, it's a small sample, but with statistics like that, the sample doesn't have to be as big as, let's say, a batting average or whatever to put some stock into it. So I think it's easier to at least like look and be like, hey, you know, there, there might be something to that. And Matt Chapman like popped into my mind right away as one of the guys right now where you're like, whoa, that's interesting, especially obviously him going into his walk here. Right. Like the, it's the timing is great. But, you know, we, we've had enough sample size um, where it at least makes you pay attention to it a little bit more. And if this goes on for another couple of weeks and the exit velocities sort of stay the same, you're just like, oh, boy, you know, now now all of a sudden it's like this guy, you know, this, this could be a dude, like a big time guy for them. Where I mean, their lineup was dangerous already. Right. Um, to have Matt Chapman operating at that kind of capacity. Um, was silly. I mean, speaking of that, Vlad Guerrero Jr. right now. Holy smokes. Anyway. But they haven't played the Rays yet, so. <laughs> that's right. Big test. Big t it actually, huge, I mean, that's. Huge series. What a, about a, an early season series, like, that's pretty damn good, right? It's good like, show me eight series in April. Oh, man, because the Jays, like, have played all these crazy-ass games, and they've won a couple of them just by, like, basically outslugging the other guys, right? So. That's a sight to behold if that lineup continues to just tear it up because it, that might be deeper than we even thought, which is crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, that, that's what I think in a week or less than a week from now, Rays and Jays. So that should be fun. 
that's a great point because we are talking about uh, almost like a, you know, when I was a stat nerd in, in my early days and like last year, like it was all about like, here's what this player did and here's what we can extrapolate that going forward. Here's his body of work, minor league, major league. Here's what he has done, these numbers, his strikeout to walk ratio going forward. We're just going to ignore batting average because that fluctuates. And that's how we're going to make our decisions. But we're in a post-statistic world in a way where it's now just, it's the biomechanics. It's the uh, scene shifted wake. It's the spin rate. It is uh, like you're, you're taking this physical data and it's not just numbers, but you're, you're analyzing how they're performing physically. And you get a team like the Rays that says, uh, you know, Zach Lef- Zach Eflin, uh, his career ERA with the Phillies was what? I'm going to look this up right now. It was uh, with the Phillies 4.49, right? Over 129 starts. And the Rays can look at him and go, nope, should be better. You know, he was better later in his career than he was earlier in his career. But they can just see through those numbers and go, no, 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 no. What he does, you can't teach. But what we can teach him, he can apply what he already can do and boof. And that's just how it's going to be for all these teams. And so, yeah, it's a great point. It stabilizes a lot quicker for a lot of these teams. It happens so fast. Grant, Eflin gave up three runs in six innings against the A's. You have got to chill. (laughs) (laughs) You have to chill out. That's a quality start, my dude. That's a ring could make it through the third against the A's. Uh, do we want to play like who's on the A's right now? I mean, have you no, looked at you? You don't. Tony Kemp, let's go. Tony Kemp. That's Tony good. Kemp's an Oakland Athletic. Yeah, I, I, I Shintaro Fujinami. Like, He's an Oakland he, Athletic. He is. Uh, I feel really bad for him because he has had a great career with the Hunching Tigers, and uh, but he's always, always struggled with command, and now he's just going to like the one major league team that has. Like, they don't even have a, an analytics department anymore. They've got, like, chat GPT. And they just, like, feed in, like, uh, what are some hot baseball statistics, AI? And, you know, that that's all they got right now. Because they need someone who can say, here's how to cut down on your walks. Formerly excellent professional pitcher. Um, and they just, they, you know, they can't do it. They're the A's. You know, his mom was in the ballpark for his big league debut. And I feel like he, it started off pretty well. And then there was an eight-run inning. And I was just thinking the whole time, like, oh, man, that's a long way to come <laughs> to watch, <laughs> you know, your kid just yeah. get, like, bludgeoned by the angels. I think it was the angels, but, like, ah, oh, it was just brutal. But, like, it was cute and then not cute. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, dang it. You know, and, and but anyway, yeah, that's Langoliers. That's an Oakland athletic. Kyle Muller, offseason catch partner with Clayton Kershaw. Learn something new every day. Brian's Chiron says lots of seating available in Oakland, but I have to. Uh, uh, that, what's that apostrophe, yes. what man? What the hell? Yeah, what dude. the hell? You, you got three writers on here. Well, two writers, and uh, I don't know what we call Mark. Um, but <laughs> 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 no, but again, I've said it on the pod before, and uh, I'll say it again. Uh, terrible for the A's, great for me. I just love space. Just put that canopy up, and you're grilling, and there's nobody around. I, I can grill like. Uh, What's that, like, shark that they bury under the snow in Finland and then let it ferment? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I could grill that. No one, no one's going to give me what for, you know? That's that's the one that Steve Cohen bought in formaldehyde? <laughs> or is that a different shark? I, oh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, we talked last week about, like, you know, which team was in first place who maybe we bought. 
Is there like a last place team who like like I guess what I'm asking is what you got on the Cardinals? Ah, that's what's gonna be my big. Listen, if this keeps going like it's going, uh, Yadier Molina, first ballot Hall of Famer, maybe even waive the five year waiting period because <laughs> I'm just gonna give him all the credit for everything that happened during his reign. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's you've got Goldschmidt's hitting and Arenado's hitting. Um, Wayne Wright's obviously out. Um, Lars Newtbar has missed some time, but. Yeah, there. I'm not not sold on the Cardinals. I'm yeah, also not same. not not sold on the Cardinals. Same. It is interesting when a when a team that appears to be pretty good, and I think the Cardinals will be pretty good, but they have a pretty clear um, deficiency that will probably prevent them theoretically from you know attaining a championship, as they say, and it's their starting pitching. Right, like their starting pitching is just too many fours and fives. Right, and it's interesting when a team like that comes out and just immediately provides a sample that matches that opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, they do. It's like, oh, yeah, that no. Wait. Wow. That's what I thought was going to happen. That's crazy. You know, Uh, (laughs) that's about right. And and you talk about the Rays pitching factory. And I'm not sure that the Cardinals have that, not necessarily the factory, but the uh, the identification. So like when you're going out and you've got uh, X amount of clams to spend and you're looking at, oh, Steven Matz. You know what I mean? It's like some teams have that ability to to pluck the, the correct answer, whether it's Kevin Gossman or, or someone like that. The Cardinals haven't shown that proclivity and they've been kind of buoyed for a long time by... Adam Wainwright, who's 75 years old, and like he's just like anchored that top of the rotation for so long, it, it's taken 20% of the guesswork out of their rotation. Um, I guess Jack Flaherty looks good in you know this year. Uh, that's not that's no. No? No. I mean he's um, walked 13 guys in two games. Oh, I was a call him off. Oh, that's not good. I mean, like it could that could correct. I, I will say the one thing with the Cardinals that they have done, that they've actually done really well, and especially at the deadline, is they tend to find they find guys who will benefit from having the defense behind them, right? They they catch the baseball. So they find fives who play up like fours, you know, fours who play up like threes. The problem is that they kind of stop there. And they haven't found a guy who you actually feel great about starting game one. That was supposed to be Flaherty, um, but the physical issues have kind of been in the way in recent years. Andy was just describing Jordan Montgomery right there. Um, but, you know, I, I need some help here because like the – as you, I was on vacation, all right? I, I took the kids to Disney World. So, I mean, I've been paying some attention, obviously, but you know, not as locked in as I normally would be. Did O'Neill back over Ollie Marmol's cat? Um, <laughs> because there was a big, like, to-do, I guess, between those two. It had to be something like that, right? There's got to be a little bit deeper of something that's bubbling on the surface. I think, you know, the, the issue is that he didn't run as, as hard as perhaps was warranted uh, to score in a play. But that just doesn't come out of nowhere. You're not just cool with a player and then like, whoa, you once you didn't try and run home as, as fast as you could, you're dead to me. Um, that's probably not what happened. So I don't know, but that is not helping things. That's for sure. Not to make too big, because stuff like that's going to happen during a season, okay? And it just so happens that it happened in their first week when they weren't playing very well. You know, I saw the replay of that after seeing the reaction. I was like, geez, how bad was this? And then I looked at the replay. I was like, you know, he wasn't busting it, but he also wasn't like jogging either. So like what? Yeah, I didn't. It seemed he was at like cruising speed. I mean, but it wasn't like br- I thought it was going to be like brutal, and like that no, happens no, no, sometimes, no. right? Where like no. you just you, 
I'm like, dude, these guys aren't perfect. You're playing 162 games. There are gonna be times where like you misread something or think like you're you're in and like you you know there was a, a play um, last week where someone got thrown out because they didn't slide right like stuff like this happens all the time but like I I just remember thinking God the punishment versus the crime <laughs> ratio seemed off and so I it was weird. Especially since O'Neal is a guy who's dealt with injuries and it's and, you know, it seems like they've had conversations about, you know, trying to manage that and to not. But it was you're right, Mark, like watching the play. I wanted to see like, oh, what did he do? Like, does he hit the brakes coming through coming into third? It's like, no, he just kind of was at like cruising speed. And it's possible that that's just the speed he runs at. You know, he wasn't like visibly busting it, but he also wasn't, you know, visibly jaking it per se. And so the reaction, you're like, okay, something. So, and then for, for O'Neal to come out the next day and being like, we talked about this. Like, that's not how we do things around here. It's like, oh, yeah, this is going great. Your back is to the play when you're running. So it's, it's like maybe he just had this sense of uh, it wasn't going to be as close as it was. I don't know, man. It did seem very, very weird. Maybe it's it's sort of like I'm erring on on the side of of logic. Like it's you know if you're a manager, you're going to be doing something for some reason. So he must sure. have done something in the past that's like built this uh, foundation of uh, reasons to be annoyed. I'm not seeing it from here, and it's just it's bad timing because they are uh, stinking it up early in the season. Maybe they'll trade him for the. 2023 equivalent of Mark Zepchinski and win the World Series. I mean, who, <laughs> who knows? Good drop. Good drop. All things serve the beam. <laughs> wow, we really just uh, hit a wall, didn't we? The Cardinals do that to you, man. St. <laughs> Louis takes the life out of you, man. That's I had tough. something to say, and usually what happens when, when my brain leaves my body and has an out-of-body experience, I just spin and then one of you starts talking and then I come back to it and then it's like the best point of the pod but I need you guys to kind of lift me up prop me up when I when my brain leaves my body I will tell you that I have yet to see anything that has really changed my opinion about anything (laughs) that's that's probably about right that is my take like I have like a stance for like kind of April baseball and I've written about this a few times but it's like none of this matters but all of it counts yeah that's a good point. Right. I just that's the lens that I just look through it like, okay, like I'm not one of those people who's like, well, who cares, you know, that they won 10 games, like, we'll, see, you know, but it doesn't really matter, but it counts in the standings. I used to write on May 15th, I would write an article that it was the stats that we would be talking about, the teams, the players we'd be talking about if April didn't exist. And what I'm doing is I'm taking 15 games worth of action in May and I'm doing like, wow, this dude's hitting 400. Maybe this is the year for him. (laughs) And like, I forgot about those columns and someone brought it up to me and it warmed my heart because my gosh, someone actually remembered something I wrote. Um, That is, that's just delightful. But I want to do that again because it, it is true like it's just and you can do it in the second half too like all of a sudden two weeks in after the all-star break and you've got the pirates or 10 and 0 like wow this is or not even 10 and 0 but like 9 and 3 like, wow this is this is something right the pirates they're back it's it's all you know it's all uh ephemeral god great word i i didn't know if i used it right or pronounced it right wow kind of. okay i love that that's like a 20 dollar word on the podcast right now yeah, very nice huge upgrade Thank you. Thank you. English guy. English Remember guy. this from my review. <laughs> <laughs>
That's funny. Yeah, great. You should bring that back. That's a great. It it is. It does like. That's what I'm saying is we should show up on May 15th and just be like, here's what's been going on for the last six weeks. Because, you know, every year, like every year, it's so bad. we, we got to do discourse about the baseballs. <laughs> what are the baseballs juiced again this year? Are they not? It'll normalize. Every year it's like, oh, I'm worried about that guy's velo. And then it's like, oh, actually it was cold. You know, every year they're like, oh, there's fewer home runs at City Field. It's like, yeah, Steve Cohen built a huge video screen that's going to knock down all the wind so there actually will be more home runs i don't know i botched that joke but um you know what i'm saying yeah it and i every year it's the same thing and i like to prepare for this podcast or to like get some ideas for uh, discussion i stared at the stolen bases for every team and the caught stealings and it was like trying, like the, the hamster wheel on my head was just spinning and spinning, trying to make some grand point. And it's like, no, like it's it's two weeks, and no, we don't have anything. Like we can't extrapolate. Like, oh, this is great news for the Orioles, but it's bad news for the Dodgers. Like we can't do that, and I hate it. Well, the only thing that counts are the injuries, right? Really? Yeah, basically. Right, because yes. we were talking about the Boston Red Squints. And, and Duvall playing center field. And, of course, like he gets off to this great start and then gets hurt playing center field. So that part counts. But, like, that Andy's line is great, right? It, it was it. none of this matters, but all of it counts. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But, but it really is just, you know, like, it's just injuries at this point. Yeah, totally. You know, I don't want to blow your minds. All of this matters. Uh, what is this? Wait, wait, say it again. Say, say the line. All of this matters, but none of it counts. Or No, none of this matters, but all of it counts. <laughs> yeah, none of this matters, but all of it counts. How about instead of April baseball, uh, we use that uh, for life, for life in general. Uh, none of this matters, but all of it counts. This podcast you're listening to, man, it doesn't matter, but it counts. It counts. Life. It better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not going to get these 45 minutes back, and neither will neither will all the roundtable heads. Uh, so let me do some quick math here. No, actual math, not not my stupid joke. Um, I have talked with Andy Baggerly, like, uh, let's do 227 episodes times, uh, we're on for about, you know, 40 minutes at a time, 9,000 9, minutes, and then you divide that by 60. Oh, this is great podcast. You can get the... You can get me working this out in real 151 hours. I've talked to Andy Baggerly about the Giants. Uh, and then you do that by hours in a day. That's like six days of my life talking to Bags is a nice guy. I like Bags. Uh, but n- none of it matters. We're talking like Tyler Heineman and stuff, like Chadwick Trump. None of it matters. But all of it counts. One time I, uh, uh, we were going through uh, my, my Marriott days that I've oh, stayed in Marriott. That's oh, a bad oh, thing to do. Map. And, uh, you know, so it came out to like five years or something like that in a Marriott. And uh, Bill Plaschke, the esteemed columnist from the L.A. Times, was like, five years? You could have become a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) They don't tear your beds down when you're a doctor, though. Yeah. All right. right. This has been uh, episode 44 of the Baseball Roundtable. Andy, say something about the 2015 Royals. If they had not played sub 500 baseball in September, they would accurately be remembered as one of the best teams of the decade and not a punchline on this podcast. 
There it is. All right. I was just looking ep- at the expenses. Andy, did you put in for that trip for Lorenzo Kane Day? <sighs> Look, leave me alone, actually. <laughs> my, my personal stance is leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> this is episode 44 of the Roundtable. We will be back next week. We do every week, and we'll talk about baseball because that's what we do. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. I was very wrong. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.